is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And here we are, the final hour. We got preseason games wrapping up. We got, oh, I see Sean Payton. Look at that. You see him getting ready with his Broncos? Yeah. I actually, I'm good at uh, reading lips. I heard him just say, screw that, Nathaniel Hackett, that bum. He did. And then he also said, pour on the points in the first half because Ryan and Nick have the over 18 and a half. Trista, jump. Oh, wait. God damn it. She can't out there. Ah. I was going to say, jump on well, over 18 and a half well, with us. But, well, she well, can, true. though, because everybody knows somebody that knows somebody but that knows somebody that takes some bets. With BetMGM, so it's no, not going to be can. the same. But I can through BetMGM. You guys are going to do it. No, because Ryan's been cut off because he's such a sharp better. No. No. Not, not, I haven't been cut off by BetMGM. We're good there. I was just yeah. joking. BetMGM loves me. I think. That was a, it was just a joke. Maybe they don't yeah, love they, me. Yeah, of course they love you. That's why they gave you free bets. They did? I got free bets? Yeah. Now? Oh, NBA draft bets? Yep. (laughs) Love the fine, fine folks over there at BetMGM. I thought I had some sitting here for now. I was going to use them for this game tonight because it's one of those games where you know you should probably just walk away. Yep. But I want a little bit of action. I want. But you more, can't. You can't quit them. I would kill for some preseason no. props. Like I want some DTR props tonight. I would have loved some like Sean Clifford props because that would be the way to go. <laughs> like you know what I mean though, because you wouldn't be able some to play. Sean yeah, because props. you wouldn't be able to play like the Jordan Love props or the Sam Howell props because you know you're only going to see them for like one or two drives. But you're going to get a full quarter of some Jacoby Brissett. You know what I mean? You're going to get a full quarter of uh, Mike White. Yeah. You know, now that man, I was actually surprised. Trevor Simeon, who's been getting a lot of time right now. Yeah, we could rinse and repeat the last eight years. Trevor Simeon's just one of those dudes. How old is Trevor Simeon now? He's got to be thirty-six. In fact, Luke, let me see. Let's play the game. Throw me a backup quarterback. I'll just name their their age. We'll we'll take it home to the weekend like that. I'm gonna go thirty-six. Trevor Simeon's only thirty-one. No way. I swear to God, man, he's thirty-one. No way. No way. Trevor Simeon was... been in the league for like 15 years. Well, he's Northwestern legend. He actually was the starter the year after Denver won the Super Bowl. Remember? Right. I do. When when Peyton, Peyton went retired and then Trevor Simeon took over. Crazy. Crazy. 31 years old. What about Brett old. Rippin? Brett Rippin's probably 26. Maybe 27. Let's look. Let's look. That's the last one, then. People don't. People. People. Yeah, that's what we play. The, <laughs> he's playing the game. 27. Although, yeah? 27. 27. Wow. Yep. Good job, Ryan. Yep. That's my guy right there. Legend. Brett, keep letting it ripping. How about this win for the Packers? Does this, if I was doing a call-in show right now, I would say, does this change your expectations for the Green Bay Packers season? 414-799-1250. Let's go out live now to Curtis in Milwaukee. Curtis, he'd be like, Brian, I got to tell you, Jordan Love, I saw some stuff, but I don't like him too much. This Sean Clifford, I saw him at Penn State. I told everybody he's a winner. Unlike that Caleb Williams, he's a diva. These would be the calls that I'd be taking it's right funny. now. That's why I love preseason it's good, football, It's because DC's the same yeah, way, exactly. so you dealt with yeah. the same thing. Oh, yeah. my God. But, like, no, even, like, Chicago is the same way. It's every fan base. I'll never forget when I was living in Chicago and I was an intern. Jordan Lynch. Do you guys remember Jordan Lynch from uh, Northern yes. Illinois? Yeah. Well, he was, like, a Chicago kid, and he went to Mount Carmel. So when the Bears picked him up, he wasn't even a quarterback because he couldn't throw the ball down the field. <laughs> it's like, they were not going to run the option. So he was, like trying to play tight end and running back and all these guys were calling in though well he's got the heart you know and I was just like no but like that's what I love about preseason these people on Twitter are really hyping up Sean Clifford like we didn't get a seven year sample of him at Penn State there's a reason why and and I hate to say it but like when you're evaluating college football talent when we say like 
this guy's a six-year senior, seven-year senior. That throws me off. It's like, why? Why does he continue to come back? It's like college hoops, too. Oh, you know what Wilder. I mean? Yeah, I mean. No hits in the Steelers game, by the way. Dang. That did not look there like you that go. was a touchdown. Yuck. Uh, it looks like the Lions are going to cover, though. I needed two. that. Yeah, yeah that, that Steelers total was, was going back and forth. I Wow, that I thought sucks. it was a little too high. But. Yeah, so did I. 27-17. That is 44. So, turns out not high enough. Wow. It's th- That's like throwing a real me- NFL game. It keeps throwing me off. Looking, you talk about scores. Looking at a 14-2 commander's lead over the Browns. And it's also still in the first half. Yeah, I need more points that. in that one. Though. Yeah, you're going to need a little more than just a uh, just a safety there. Although, okay, so the Steelers are going to cover for us. That's good. Detroit's going to cover. Actually, it went outright, it looks like. Maybe 21-16, but at least cover. Packers went outright over hits. All right, you know what? I'm in. We're going to play Denver really small. Why not? I mean, Arizona's terrible. Really? Huh? I mean, yeah, just really small. You know what? No, no, we're not. Yes, you are. No, I want to tease them, just but I don't know away. who to. I want to tease them to a pick, but I don't know who to use for tomorrow, so I'll just stay away. And it's, yeah, it's 10 o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> Wait, you can tease preseason games? I haven't, where is that? Shop around? Yep, shop around, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> That would be you the like only how way. shop around is like a it's like a different word. We just know know what the word is. Just yeah. shop around. Yeah. Shop around. Yeah, for teasers. But um yeah. that used to be the only way that I would actually bet the preseason. I didn't bet a whole lot of preseason. I would just tease games. Mm-hmm. Now things have changed a little bit. I mean, preseason is so much different. Like we've, you know, talked about um the last three nights. You used to see guys during the preseason. Yeah, you just don't see as much now. The difference was, and I was talking about this today, like guys didn't really take as good of care like you know what I mean? Colt McCoy, speaking of seeing guys out there, Colt McCoy getting out yeah. there for the Cardinals. Solid year last so year. So we four are seeing some, we're seeing some veterans out there. Well, I mean, they have to give him some money. I know. Money I know. Imagine if he gets injured; they literally have nobody else to go to. You better bet if you think it's going to happen. Better bet the Commanders now at six because that week one, I don't even know who's. I don't. It's blah blah. Is their backup after him? Isn't it? Yeah, he's won some blah. games though. Blah. Detroit Lion blah. legend. His wife was in the Olympics. Hashtag people forget. Hashtag people when forget. You guys, when you guys read that article about uh, the commander's play- players tattling on Eric Bieniemy, uh, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Oh, my God, here we go again. It's just more drama with something again. Also, too, it made me angry because at the same time I'm looking at their going, this guy's got a resume that none of you come close to. So shut up and deal with it. Now, there's look, there's limits. Like, there's certain points where coaches just can be so obnoxious and so over the top that it's not productive. Like, the best coaches ever, Greg Popovich always talked about this, where you have to go, oh, what is, look at this, look at this, big run, big run for commanders. Sorry, got excited about that. The, yeah, I saw that. Greg Popovich always talked about how you had to coach guys different ways based on their personality. And that works for everything. People in a management position, that works. You've got to talk to people in different ways. They respond to different types of coaching, critiques, criticism, all those things. But it, there's also then what I talked about like last night, where it was like maybe Ron Rivera putting that out there was also then the next stage of like let me put this out here just in case people think that he's going to take my job at some point here. This kind of just muddies the water just a little bit. But the offense looks good, and right now that was the most important thing for the offense to come out here and look. Other than the offensive line for Washington to come out 
under Eric Bieniemy and show some flashes. You're not going to see very much. This is all they needed to do. So it, it kind of squashes that conversation, and you probably won't hear much more about it as long as they can continue to look like this the rest of the game. I mean, I was thinking, though, okay, so, you know, Ron Rivera's trying to make himself look a little bit better here. He's a little bit maybe worried about Eric Bieniemy stealing his job. But also I was thinking, maybe this is why Eric Bieniemy hasn't got a head coaching gig. You oh, know, because I'm, he's had so yeah. many interviews, and we're always like, what the hell is it? Yeah. Because... I mean, he maybe should be one of the intense. leading candidates. Yeah, maybe there is something there. I think what it really is, though, the reason he isn't a head coach is because Matt Nagy screwed him. Because Matt Nagy got that job, you know, took the Bears to the playoffs that first year, though, and Trubisky looked pretty good that first year, but then everything was a disaster. He was a disaster. Now he's back as the OC in Kansas City. Um, because I think the way that some of these teams look at it like, well, Andy Reid's the play caller. He comes up with the play designs. He's the offensive genius. He's been doing this since his time in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb, you know, going to mm-hmm. NFC championships every year. So how good are these guys? Like the Nathaniel Hackett thing. I mean, yeah, Hackett was the offensive coordinator for the Packers the year that Devontae Adams had more touchdowns than Mason Crosby had field goals, and they scored more touchdowns than they punted. But LaFleur was calling the play, so what does it matter who the OC is? So that I think that that's kind of what screwed the enemy over. And now this is his chance because he's going to have yeah. full play-calling duties here. But, you know, if you have no offensive line, could get ugly. And I think that's what Ron's probably like, oh, man, if we start off slow. And he sees that opening schedule other than Arizona. I mean, you open up as a six-point favorite against the Cardinals. After yep. that, it gets really tough. The division's tough. You had three teams that made the playoffs last year. The Eagles are the favorites to win the NFC. Dallas is a you know 10-win projected team. And then... The Giants went to the playoffs. And even though we expect them to take a step back, I don't know, because when you have good coaches like Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, they could probably yeah. overperform again this year. Especially if Saquon's there, motivated, healthy. That's the big if, because we've only seen it twice. He's so important to that offense, even though he's a Oh, my back. God. You know? He's everything, yeah. It's a division where you look at a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, a team that has Super Bowl aspirations in Dallas, and then a third playoff team that also won a playoff game. And, look, I don't know what Daniel Jones is going to be, but Dak's going to be around for a while, and Jalen Hurts is going to be around for a while in Philadelphia. So if you're Washington, you're down and they're on the bottom again, yeah. but you think you maybe have that offensive... Like, I loved the hire. Eric Bieniemy was the absolute right decision. For them to bring somebody like that, the amount of credibility that it brings them, because you you have to shake off more than just being a bad team. It's being a dysfunctional organization. Now ownership's gone. It's a fresh start. But people don't just instantly forget everything that happened. People don't just instantly look at the team differently. So that, that that's a culture in the locker room. That's outside. That has to deal with free agency. Like, all of those things, they matter. And it's going to take time to get there. And the last thing you want is any other drama involving coaching staff and players or anything. Especially when then they're getting ripped and former players are like, you're all soft and a bunch of babies. And yeah. Like, that. that's the last thing you want to hear. But right now, the offense looked good in the first half, which hopefully just quiets all of that and it just becomes about football again and you know whether this team wins seven games and goes over their win total certainly still going to be that's up in the air but if it's just about football it's a lot better than having dysfunction the other benefit of hiring a guy like Eric Bieniemy as a play caller and not a head coach when you have a guy like Ron Rivera is okay if like things go good it you know, if things go good offensively, but you're a six and ten team, and the defense underperforms with all that talent, they were top ten, like you said, DVOA last season. Then you can make that switch. You could fire Ron, and Bieniemy could get promoted to head coach. If it's a complete disaster and the offense stinks, you fire them all, and you go after Ben Johnson, who's going to be the hottest name. And maybe you're 1,000%. that bad where 
he works with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Michael Penix, and then you have your new head coach, play caller, paired with your new quarterback. So I think it's kind of like a win-win situation, and that's what the new ownership group has to think here. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually a really good thing for Washington. Um, oh, that yeah. you didn't draft a quarterback. Because if you took, not that you can't just move on to the next guy the next year, but if you took Will Levis, there would be pressure then to oh, evaluate Will Levis. It would have been a horrible decision. And I just don't think he's very good. C.J. Stroud, I liked a lot at Ohio State, but I don't think he has the same ceiling as a Drake May or you know any of those other guys. So I think he did the right thing here. You know, you let Sam Howell uh, play. You evaluate him. If he stinks, you go to Jacoby Brissett. You know, and then you're at least telling your locker room, hey, we're not giving up on the season here. We wanted to give this kid a look. He was a projected first-round pick that we stole in the mm-hmm. fifth or the sixth, whenever it was. Now we could go to the veteran. This guy's won games before, and if it stinks, you know, you don't lose your locker room because you don't want that either. Because you got a lot of really good no. pieces there. Terry McLaurin, yes. Dotson, not that he's a, you know, it's a second year, but um, the defensive side of the ball, if you want to keep a guy like Chase Young or Sweat, way too many, like, talented players to piss off. Because look at the situation in Houston. I never thought I was going to see guys like Brandon Cooks just quit on a team, yep. but... I mean, when you're going out there and you're saying, hey, we're going to hire Lovey Smith and your projected win total is four every year, it's hard to get motivated. When nobody cares, totally. it's hard to get motivated, you know? Yeah. Bad culture makes people not care. That's what I think. It happens a lot. Yeah. It's amazing how and that happens. And even if you're a player that played for, like, Alabama or Georgia or these teams where the culture on the college level are really good, you go from a place that has amazing facilities – uh, a plethora of coaches that have been winning at the at the ultimate level on their level for many many years with a bunch of other motivated guys and a bunch of guys that can push you facilities are on on point and then you go to a place like Washington sorry Nick and everything <laughs> is the exact opposite it's all and truth. you wonder like <laughs> how do I lead the charge for this when I was the one getting pushed in these amazing cultures and like everything that I had in college is now yeah is just now terrible yeah and that's the other thing like we always do this in like college hoops right um a guy like Nick Smith you know will be like oh it's so hard though to be the guy you know, yeah, I guess he's a bad example because he could have been the guy. But we'll always hear, like, it's so hard to be, like, the guy at the high school level and then you go to college and you're, like, the fourth or fifth option. Yep. But what's probably tougher is, you know, these dudes, you know, they come from Alabama, Georgia. Like you said, Trista, I mean, the, the weight room, the training facility at Alabama is, what, like $25, 26000000 million? Oh, they just, just pumped insane. in again this offseason. Yeah. And then they come over. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, NFL – I mean, it's it's just as nice, the training facilities. Not but all of them. You come from a culture, right. Not you come from a culture them. like Georgia, Alabama, where you're winning at least 11 games. You know, you're in the college football playoff. You're a legend on campus. And then, you know, you're playing in some of these markets, and it's like, oh, God, I got to get up for practice every day, and we're a three-win team. You quit. You, players quit. You, they don't like the it's coaching a violent staff. physical sport. It's Ownership. hard to get up yeah. for it when you're getting your ass kicked. Right. It's hard when you're you know? limping out of bed on a Monday <laughs> yeah. by week, you know, four, and then by week <laughs> oh, 12. Oh, 26 point do dogs anymore. this week? Let's get out there. Yeah. I, I, I can't yeah. wait. Let's go, guys. Do it. You're still getting that contract no matter what. So they just They all just quiet quit. Yeah. And it's, then it's a lot easier that way to just get out of there in the offseason. So it's bed MGM tonight. Ooh.